Hey, good people in podcast land. Welcome to Convene, a conversation series dedicated to connecting the creative community in Toronto. I'm your host, Chris Penrose, and this 16-part series is about the music ecosystem between Montreal and Toronto. This edition of Convene is supported by Factor Canada. On this episode, I speak with Mason Windells as one of the founding and driving forces behind the Montreal-based online radio platform Antennas. His roots in the music scene in Montreal include managing Arbutus Records, founding Sobo, and programming underground parties that created a platform for local and international artists. To open up, I wanted to ask you what your role is in the music industry in your city. Um, well, it's, let's see. Right now, my role, uh, it's changed a lot. And so Antennas, I guess we started in 20, what would have been 2016. I pretty much started getting uh, active in my own sense in, in the music industry, like, well, before that, I started this thing called Summer Cool uh, in 2014. And that sort of like came out of working at a few record labels and show promoters and venues and, you know, getting involved in the city, inspired by what people were doing and sort of shows they were putting on, the people they were bringing through. I had friends. In yeah, I come from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and like had been throwing events and putting on parties there since like high school, and so finding the DIY scene in Montreal was like something that I uh, was inspired by. Well, before I moved here in 2009, but uh, yeah, I got involved with like show promotion and and record labels and then started this thing called Summer Cool, which was artist management and show pro- uh, like PR and press for two artists in Berlin and one who was in Montreal and sort of started this uh, thing I wanted to, yeah, basically what we're talking about, like build bridges between the creative communities of like, at the time it was Montreal and Berlin just because of uh, the people I was working with. But as I started doing this project, I like, yeah, got really involved with the, a lot more people living here, but then started uh, really interacting more with like the community in Toronto. Actually, I, I think I was in Toronto when I, I first came up with this uh, idea. <laughs> I was like there for North by Northeast uh r.i.p if that thing is still gone or whatever it's it's around Uh, i think it's around again yeah (laughs) but yeah i was just like sitting around and christy bets you're like what do i want to do like how can i give back to this uh like how do i do what i want to do in in music it's i don't really like the idea of like working for people's companies uh and at the time i was hosting a radio show on cjlo and which is like Concordia's community radio and yeah I just wanted to like shift out of playing other people's music and like 
I want to help put on shows. I want to help people put out music. I want to help people like in their creative careers. And so, uh, basically, that's been like my creative focus and agency is using like that platform to do a whole lot of different stuff, and it's predominantly focused into throwing events, uh, which no longer is really a focus. And uh, the radio and like a mixed series where I like to, you know, invite people from wherever uh, to share some sounds. And then the other part is like shipping and distribution for people, uh, which is like the predominant focus of where I'm at uh, with Summer Cool these days. Uh, and so I just basically help like artists and labels and uh, magazines, book publishers, just people who are like making stuff. Uh, just help take care of the logistics of like setting up and selling, selling their stuff. I think it was like the end of the year 2015 when I first heard of this idea of antennas, but Basically, one of the guys who works at Arbutus, he's like the label manager, uh, one of his roommates had this idea for a radio inspired by, uh, mainly inspired by like No Wave in New York. Uh, it's like a very relaxed, very low-key radio station. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, the Arbutus space would be great. It's like this big open loft set up some couches like it doesn't have to be much it can just be people hanging out on the floor with the microphone we can just like have one show a week (laughs) that Mm -hmm. sort of vibe um so he and two of his friends like well tan came up with like the whole brand of the radio and then he worked with another one of his friends who built the website and and then him and his other friend like worked on the overall design, but when they came to the space, they were like, you know, they laid it out. Sebastian and I, Seb who runs Arbutus was like, I'm down. Like this sounds like a great thing for Arbutus to support as like a community label or like a record label in the community. Uh, Like sounds like a good way for us to open the space up to others, which at the time was like a very, you know, an increasingly important uh, thing to like want to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Of course it comes the double-edged sword. Um, But yeah, we ended up like giving it a shot. We, we, we brought them in to just like, start laying it out and realized how much work it was. And as the office manager, I was like supposed to be there. I was basically, yeah, you know, in charge of like how they were using the space. And uh, we approached them just saying like, this is a huge project. Uh, Don't know if you guys need the help, but like we're probably going to be more involved than we would like to be mm-hmm. and so they uh we we all chatted out how to you know what everybody could offer and Deb, having worked in like 
audio engineering, but also the music industry for years, uh, as well as owning the space that we are renting the space. We had quite a bit. Uh, and then I basically, yeah, put forward that, well, I was the only one there that had ever hosted a radio show uh, or worked at a radio station. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was a, a card in my pocket. Uh, and then I was like, plus, you know, I'm already like booking eight nights a week at this club and have been throwing events here and do this. Like, well, it's, it's programming work, that would have translated pretty, well, right? Yeah. It eventually was like, I don't think anyone at the station's like really looking to build out like who's going to be on the station. Uh, and so that ended up becoming my role and just like inviting and designing the calendar and the program and just like how the station would work and all of that. If I may just like go back into how the station like formed a big part of something that we learned very fast was like hosting in the space that we had really affected how people worked mm. <laughs> in the office. Absolutely. Uh, so we like quickly transitioned out of having the, like it was Monday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think for like the first few days. Uh, and we hosted like 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. Very fast change to like no live shows before five. Um, just because, yeah, techno at 4 p.m. really made well, it difficult for people. And the to energy work. of people coming in the building and kind of prepping and who's there, I'm sure it was like. Yeah, so distracting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we really had to like prioritize and shift things around to like accommodate pre-records and and just having that side of the station to like you know we didn't really think about that as an option but as soon as people from elsewhere got involved we had to figure it out and build the whole that side of the station uh but it also just like opened it up to so many different types of shows uh people who are doing like radio dramas uh but also just people who've never hosted or dj'd or done a radio show but also just like don't want to go to a station and like dj in front of people mm -hmm. uh we could offer somebody who like they literally worked in the office below us <laughs> but they like way too shy to ever do a show live so they just would send us a show every two weeks mm -hmm. it's like so nice to offer that service and we could play their show during the afternoon and but uh that whole side of things really like pushed us to get involved with and like reach out to the creative communities elsewhere well it's interesting because you you've you've mentioned a lot of times in kind of describing your journey and the journey of antennas uh montreal and toronto and this relationship but just like really explicitly how would you describe the relationship between the music communities of montreal and toronto i think they uh it's definitely multifaceted that's for sure mm -hmm. um I think that they are completely independent of one another, but I think that they are greatly, uh, oh, I don't know, like they're not, um, it's not envy and it's not like, I don't think anybody wants, uh, 
like one to become the other. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. Toronto is like, oh, I wish we could have that here. I'm sure there's like pieces definitely exists in, in Montreal. Yeah, there, there are elements that yeah. uh, people from Toronto wish uh, Montreal, uh, we had from Montreal here. Yeah. Sure. And so I think there's this like, there's a, yeah, I really am having a hard time finding the word, but there's like, there's an appreciation and a distaste. I, I for sure would say that in, for each other's uh, scenes. And I think like, that's just, such an easy thing to say yeah. about toronto and and any city <laughs> well because it's kind of true uh, internally Montreal. right because yeah. I, I would just say like you know like people from toronto have an appreciation and distaste for their own city in montreal yes. you know i've had <laughs> people talk about their appreciation and distaste of their own city as well so i, I think it's a fair observation it's to say a, that yeah. that's true between the uh, cities yeah but i think like they definitely mm they work together without like being too entwined. Like, mm-hmm. I just definitely don't think that the Montreal scene would be the same if it didn't have Toronto five, like five hour drive away and perhaps the same for, for Toronto. Yeah. Having these like two massive cities within that close of a reach, just like totally makes so much more possible for both. And I mean, I would love a lot more collaboration between the two, just in terms of like, yeah, back to what, whatever, just like working with promoters at clubs in both cities to like help Mm -hmm. keep costs low for everybody because agents obviously exploit people in the dark. Uh, And, you know, but also just building and helping uh, just like support the local scenes there like it doesn't have to be international acts and i think like that's something that's really developing a lot more uh i think especially as i've seen like since intense has started but that's just also like a time in my life that like got so much more active in that mm-hmm. but like uh you know, I think people are really learning and unfortunately it might just be from the loss of like community and uh, local venues and like stuff like that, that makes us so much more evident, like how precarious local music scenes are and how I couldn't imagine in Toronto, like, yeah, you don't have the ability to like focus on it full time necessarily unless like you are either you know generationally wealthy or uh already successful and so yeah it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because i think a lot of times when, when you know we are talking about this montreal toronto relationship sometimes it's like you know can you really build a career in music in toronto and even like when you're talking about like a you know, middle-class income off of music, say, not necessarily just talking about, like, aspirations to, like, the sold-out stadiums and, you know, mm-hmm. like, just merch, merch that, you know, <laughs> sells out within, like, three seconds or something. Um, but, yeah, just... And, and the way that Montreal and Toronto being more intentionally connected creates more of a possibility for that because you're expanding a base of audience, of, of infrastructure, of venues, of 
of uh, Talon. Yeah, I mean, it keeps costs low, which I think is like one of the the most important things that people don't necessarily focus on. Like, there are always going to be people who are willing to pay twenty bucks to see a show, and uh, but there are a lot of people who can't afford that. Mm-hmm. And like, when you get down to it, the discussion around like, yeah, why do we charge this much for? someone playing music in a dark room it's the experience it's like no we have to cover the cost of like flying this person in their hotel room and their egos uh but you know you're paying somebody four times more than you could like inject directly into the people who are like trying to build something around you uh, yeah well, and, and there's a hype relationship there too, right? Cause, um, yeah, for sure. And the and, more the more that these two cities come to really love, like what the the local talent and not local local, not being a uh, diminishing word, but mm-hmm. actually like being an enhancing word. Um, I think that can yeah. Shift. But um, yeah, it's definitely been like antennas alone. I think is probably like just the most impactful thing I've been a part of just by how it has created this place for people to try new things and meet new people. That's like essentially what we set out to create when we, when we started this, like we want to have a place where like you can come in and meet somebody that you never thought existed or never knew of or never thought you'd come across and like you just get can sit around maybe your show's next or like maybe your show is before but the biggest thing we saw when and like definitely miss it since covid but just the like interaction of people show to show and like Mm. that five to ten minute period of someone coming in hearing what the person before them is doing mm-hmm. completely different than what they have in mind. And then like, there's this like quick transition. And then that person who is this playing has to like gets to hear what the next person plays. You know, that's a really and, interesting thing. I used to host community radio and produce mm-hmm. community radio. And that, that is so true of the, whatever slot is before you and after you, because you mm-hmm. develop that personal relationship in even just that transition and clearing the studio and yep. figuring out that the little handoff. dance of like, you got to get out and I got to get in and you got two minutes. Yeah. Like, but, but then all of a sudden left. you become more interested in, um, whatever it is they're playing. I, I remember, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the shows, like I'm not a metal person at all, but, um, mm-hmm. the, one of the shows I did, there was the every once a month this metal show came in and like the guys who hosted it were really like like nice cool people you know and it just made me so much more interested in whatever they had to play and whatever they were um you know presenting on air because that that little like two three minute five minute window of that switch off so i think that's yeah you know and and to to the relationship between experiment space for experimentation that you're talking about and unlikely um, collaboration like anything that's really successful innovative breaks new ground becomes something Mm -hmm. has those elements of experimentation and 
unlikely collaboration. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, just like for us and like, especially from my end of things, like I guess having been a part of putting together the programming, my job was like making those connections, uh, imagining how they'd sound, imagining how it like go off. Uh, but like in my mind, these people are all part of the same scene. They're all part, like, they should know each other. They, you know, they've lived in the same city for like nine years. Yeah. And then they, you, I end up having to like introduce them and they end up, you know, becoming good friends or yeah. starting a label together or a lot of people who I remember we got to put on this like showcase in Toronto with new tech. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, you know, we booked three DJs from Toronto who like had shows on antennas and then we brought three from Montreal and like some of those people are like best friends now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just, I remember, well, yeah, I think like some are collaborating on music and releasing like records together and it's like, it's so cool to, uh, think that, you know, got to bring them together. That's, uh, that's interesting because I think that like, it, just in all the conversations I've had, um, I think the deeper you dig, the more you find out that there are constantly in, in any artist from Montreal, any artist from Toronto, or anyone working in the music industries in either city, these, though it's not platformed and promoted and everyone's aware of the relationship, there's always a connection between the two cities. Like people yeah. always, when they start talking more, they talk about their story. They're always going to talk about either Montreal or Toronto, depending on which city yeah. they're from. Always like so rare that they don't. Um, but but just driving, I, I wanted to go through a, a couple of questions that are just hyper hyper focused on the Montreal Toronto relationship. Um, we talked a little bit about it, but like, is there anything else you would say about what becomes possible if the music ecosystem between Montreal and Toronto is strengthened? What becomes possible? Everything becomes possible. <laughs> um, well, I think, I mean, I think it's like one of the most important links and like relationships in the Canadian music scene, unfortunately. Uh, just because this whole thing is like so precarious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, in the industry, as it exists, it's almost impossible to exist uh, just based off of how subsidized everything is by grants, uh, how um, prohibitive touring is in this country, mm -hmm. um, like for anyone who would like to do it in a, in a real fashion. The only thing that I know exists is and works is like if you dedicate your life to only existing in like the Quebec popular mm -hmm. music industry. Uh, Which is a really here. interesting model. Like the fact that, <laughs> it, that Quebec is. has that and, and <laughs> what we could learn throughout the rest of the country that yeah. that, that is an actual option. Um, yeah, absolutely. It, and well, it's like they try, but they really don't. The problem is, is that it, it only rewards people who've been rewarded before. Yeah. Uh, so like, uh, and this is just off topic, but yeah, it's uh, 
not a healthy way to continue to build. Um, well, well, there's so many voices for sure that that yeah. in Montreal specifically that um, don't feel included in that. And it's as strong and robust as that infrastructure and industry is, they don't feel like yeah. there's a place for them in it. Um, but back to the the question, I think. Yeah, what comes what becomes <sighs> possible? What becomes possible? Well, I think like what I'm kind of like getting at is that it's just a necessary thing to have in order to like continue building uh, what I would hope to be is like making Canada like <laughs> just making it possible to create and like live off your art in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't like I wish it wasn't the case that it relied on these like two cities and perhaps I'm being very central Canada centrist, but, uh, you know, they are such driving forces in this country, just between like the music festivals, the grant bodies and all of that. And so like, yeah, they yeah. have to be pruned. They have to be tended to, they have to be like invested in and the people who get burnt by it have to continue to like, <laughs> giving their all into it just to continue to be burnt which is unfortunate but uh it's like i think it teaches and, and gives people a lot of like ways to experiment and do things differently and luckily there's this like ping pong of cities to like help yeah <laughs> at least like support give back like uh, when people need, you know, escape, they're here. And when people need like business, it's there. Whatever it's like, however people want to frame it, it's. Uh, I think that they're just pretty important. I think it's all like, you know, you could you can center the conversation down to like, if there was just like these venues, <laughs> so much more would be possible just in mm -hmm. harvesting and like nurturing the the local scenes on a smaller level well, well that but, leads that leads into another question i have which is like where does that work begin and what are some of the most valuable steps that could be taken so um those venues more more of those venues those venues being protected more of those venues being opened up more mm -hmm. options and kind of scale of venues are there other um you know steps that you think would be really valuable or anything else you would say about where that work begins and connect and strengthen the connection between these two cities it'll always begin and end with politics mm. <laughs> local politics um and this is like what like a city really, council city yeah, council kind of thing this really burnt me out at the end of my uh life and in throwing parties is like just running up to the barriers that the city and bylaws and the police and, and things put on just trying to exist outside of a system that requires alcohol <laughs> to be like the one and only in like uh, revenue mm. source that like keeps the business afloat, AKA, you know, running an official club. Right. You're not making money on the door. You're not making money <laughs> anywhere else. You're making it off of 
alcohol and like your drive is to not make people dance but to make them go to the bar and it's like i couldn't stand that and so you try to host a party where you know you're not in a legal bar and then you get shut down Mm -hmm. you try to host a party that is like permitted (laughs) legally but can't sell alcohol and it's just like a whole mess so i started really like you know going to town hall meetings meeting with like cultural policy advisors (laughs) about like we need to quit penalizing like after hours parties we need to like embrace this this is a this is like a draw for this city like people are coming to montreal to (laughs) party you know embrace it but uh the issue that we had like back to that old space, the Arbuto space, on one side of the alleyway, you couldn't have events in commercial spaces because it's part of the town of Outremont. Mm-hmm. And then across the alley on the other side, you technically could because it was in the town of Montreal. And it's like, <laughs> so we could never apply for the, it's called a special events license uh, or a reunion permit. And so it's like, trying to fight that battle was just exhausting and mm-hmm. then we ended up being raided and like having a four thousand dollar fine and it's like jesus uh very prohibitive um so just in essence and like the most important thing is yeah local politics is like unfortunately the the key to so much of this stuff um just getting the ear of politicians unfortunately to like understand that local and community spaces aren't they're not this like devious or like deviant <laughs> space that or a threat that are, like i think a th- yeah they really get, they well, really get treated as a threat right even though they make they so much of what and, you celebrate possible exactly and like they champion the creative culture of uh, cities that they, the vibrant creative industries, and then they like shut down and punish people yeah. who are trying to. Uh, it's like we love creativity, but don't break any rules. But then it's yeah, like, and don't do it this way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's that's such a tough one because there's so much nuance. Um, yeah, it is a tough one. Because you're talking Otherwise, health and safety and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it does get and complicated. The regulations around it. And yeah, it's, I guess, like, even if it's not getting, like, involved, just becoming, like, aware and, and learning the, like, different intricacies so that when you do and if you do, like, get involved in any way, you can at least maneuver it because it fucking sucks to start on something and then you have to, uh, backtrack or do it all again um i great fan of uh people just like organizing and starting groups or organizations or Mm -hmm. whatever it is to do what they want to do to enact whatever change they want to change Uh, a lot of issues we had with like starting the radio is everybody tells you what they want it to be or how it to be done and it's like well you should start the radio if you want to 
yeah. <laughs> do it that way. Uh, and so like, even with shows, like everyone being like, book this person. It's like, well, why don't you throw your own party or like book that person and like encouraging and helping other people to just like do the things they want to do. Uh, right, right. Make, make it, make un- what they want to see happen. Yeah. And like the, it was really tough when people, I think when this like first started really kicking off, people do feel like it's uh like, it, you know, gatekeeping and you're trying to like, uh, you're not listening or, or whatever it is, but like how to teach and like, yeah, give people the, the power and know how to like do things on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is sort of, I mean, that was a nice part of what the radio I feel contributed to is just like a lot of things that people get upset about is just like not being included not feeling like they can like access or do the things that uh they see and so uh just opening up this like space and studio for people to like just practice djing or like learn how to do that stuff just that's major really helps people yeah just like it's no longer this like big mystery and well you're creating <laughs> you're creating space and you're space um, and supporting that and... capacity building uh know-how yeah. opportunity to try in a in a safe space where it's like i can try this thing not having to come in with the pressure of being an expert right now but that like yeah. you know there's some there's a voice that matters a perspective that matters and and i can build the skills along the way that are mm-hmm. going to help me better bring this voice and this perspective to the world and when when you have space that honors that diversity of perspective and knowing that it's needed and, and like okay we're gonna support that growth and, and create the space for that to happen that's that's major yeah and uh it's not always stuff that you can see like uh mm-hmm. forever like measure but definitely somewhere you know though somewhere inside you know you know yeah for sure like it makes such a big difference for the individual and like for me it's like yeah just come on like touch the buttons on the machines (laughs) two big ipods like (laughs) it's totally cool (laughs) but for them it's or for anyone that can just be like yeah so daunting but now then you know a year or two later you see in their they're playing at like Picnic Electronique. And I'm like, shit, great. That's amazing. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, seeing people like just grow that way, it's really cool. Or, you know, seeing people from shows that we have, like people who are DJing for an, or doing a show on antennas that are from like Toronto and then they get gigs out here and like, well finally it's great to like meet you finally (laughs) it's like such a weird world um but you know antennas and like other radios like this uh i think since the pandemic has started like we shut down our studio just because it's not like the most covid friendly situation um there's been like two or three online radios that have like started and sprouted up since we've not been able to go live and so it's like 
There's definitely a a need. Yeah. <laughs> like these absolutely. sorts of institutions and definitely a pandemic isn't gonna stop anybody from getting together and playing music and uh I feel like the same is pretty true in Toronto and like when I saw TRP shut down it's like there's gonna be another one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's just like a matter of when and how and who and uh lots of people i remember hearing from a bunch of people but just like yeah i want to start this in like bar or like any help like can tennis come and move into this it's like it's cool the people people really there's just these like huge and vibrant communities and like people everywhere with so much to offer so cool. <laughs> well, it, and it's interesting because I think that antenna, as as I'm listening to the antenna's journey, there's that kind of analogy between, um, you know, the music ecosystem in Montreal, Toronto, which is a lot of times it starts with, you know, some individuals and people connecting that, you know, turn into an idea, and that idea turns into, as you talked about, kind of collectives and, you know, people coming together, and then that becomes. Mm -hmm can it can eventually grow into a thing that can become infrastructure right and and meeting meeting needs and i think that there's that parallel you know and and um the infrastructure that's needed between the two cities that largely you know is as existing at the level of individual collaborations and collectives that that can scale up yeah um i wanted to ask you i have four questions left and okay. one of them is really different gear, which is for someone from Toronto who's interested in learning about what's going on in music in Montreal, connecting with mm -hmm. it, getting that feeling for it. What are some names of artists, people, venues, platforms that you would say they could connect with, look at, and as kind of a starting point? Obviously, it's going to bring them all Ooh. different places, but where would you, where would you um, direct someone to begin interesting cool well and tennis is a great start uh, <laughs> yeah 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 um, of course but at the moment i would say a few people doing some pretty incredible stuff would be um let's see there's this really cool initiative that started like last summer called occupy the hood which Basically, it's more like activism and like public uh, public demonstrations of like positive and like joy mm -hmm. in order to like raise awareness and uh, raise funds as well for different mutual funds and advocacy groups and, and stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, just like the people or like involved in setting that up are both just like yeah super inspiring just like young really creative really uh active and mm -hmm. uh putting together good good shows and doing good work which mm -hmm. is like such an important blend that is so difficult to <laughs> uh a very difficult line to walk yeah as one can one will learn eventually um 
other people, let's see. Uh, there is a record label called Edition Apparel, which is like really cool. Um, started by this artist, Jesse Osborne Lantier, who is like a graphic designer and does really amazing artwork, but he works with a crew of musicians that have always, they kind of always are like a carousel of working on each other's projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like Bernardino Feminelli, uh, Marie Davidson, uh, there's a few different artists in there, but just putting out like such top level, like uh, next level music. Uh, very eclectic. Um, really great label that is in the building I'm in. Uh, so in at the end of 2017, we ended up moving out of the Arbutus building uh, and Sebastian of Arbutus ended up buying a, investing in purchasing a building in the Sandy Bear Plaza. And it was like this four story building very cool spot, but record labels in there. There's a few music studios. Uh, the radio's now in like the top floor. I have mm-hmm. a shipping and warehouse zone, and then there's like a ceramic studio and a bunch of other stuff. Oh. But, uh, you know, this place kind of, it was a very deliberate move that Sebastian and I like talked about. It's like, you know, Arbutus is doing quite a bit for Montreal and, uh, what are you gonna do? Pack up and leave, <laughs> like, or like continue renting, spending thousands of dollars on like a space that we can't have parties in, or whatever. And so, figured best way to get back to the city is like invest, yeah. stick around, build a space that like offers more space to people who are doing and want to do creative stuff. Uh, and so. I guess I'll put two names down. Uh, first of all, I guess I can't not put Arbutus down as like, uh, they are always putting out great music, uh, either a sound that is rather synonymous, pers- perhaps personally, uh, with Montreal, but just like, contemporary pop music and yeah that uh can't be beat um but also just like behind the scenes i think everything that they've done and offered for antennas and a bunch of the other people who uh have passed through and all that i think it's just like yeah do credit you know Mm -hmm. um but Another label that's running out of there is NAF Recordings, which is like uh, these two guys, Francis Latrai, who makes music as Priori, and his label mate, uh, Adam Feingold, who makes music as Extraterrestrial. Uh, both have a very uh, long lasting Toronto, Montreal uh, dynamic. I think Adam in particular lived in both cities and like has gone back and forth most of his life, but they 
each have just like worked in music for so long and then working in clubs, bars. Francis is like a, another audio technician who works in like for festivals and stuff. Uh, yeah. They started this label called NAF where basically, and it's predominantly like just an outlet for themselves. Uh, but they put out some of the best uh, music I think that's come out of this city in the last few years. Um, well, those are some amazing, amazing starting points for, for someone oh, to so tap in. I know I, I could imagine. I mean, especially like being, a, you know, going Let's back see. to it, right? You you are programming like yeah. eight nights a week. Um, and then, you know, and the radio. Know, 30 so, hours of radio. Yeah. yeah so I, I mean, I know, I know the, I'm asking the question of like, in, in some senses, like this is your your lane right like an archive uh an encyclopedia in some ways of like and and with your commitment to having so much local um representation in everything you do I, you know I, I can imagine yeah you're gonna you're gonna think of this question uh tomorrow and the next day and they're like yeah, oh, i yeah. didn't say oh, I this missed. <laughs> I missed <them. laughs> please forget yeah, no, forgive can... yourself in advance for um for getting like really critical names in the moment um, yeah and so much is, uh, you know, and I've, I, I've, I've definitely fell off in like more or less the last few years, just in terms of like knowing who's, who's doing and what's going on. Uh, some more names that I just totally forgot, but I think are crucial to like the scene these days are El Barbara, who is like such a long-standing fixture of Montreal, but she's just been like hosting some of the most incredible events and like putting out some great music and is a real cultural and community leader here. Uh, and then let's see, I got to pick one. I'd say Gael. Uh, and I don't, I'm not sure I was going to try to put you guys in touch if I never got around to doing this chat, but she's, Perhaps not the Toronto connection, but uh, she's a Montreal fixture and a world tourer. So uh, mm -hmm. she's an important one in the city. Very similar path to me, just like a lot of programming and event booking. And But she's geared through more... Uh, she's more doing... She's more of a DJ now, but has also just like started releasing music so quite a new and exciting person oh and then there's La Rama oof <laughs> can't skip over that that's like the the gemstone of of uh trying to understand what's going on in Montreal though the, I, the, I, the, the jewel amazing I mean city, I, 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 think. I think that like the, for myself personally i'm hearing some names that i gotta i have to look at um and dive into and, and i'm sure that like what what i love about that kind of question is that there's always going to be you you look at one name and it's going to connect open you up to a whole bunch of other um you know pathways or branches that you you yeah. might not have so i think you i think what you've provided is gonna you know if you branch out from that it's gonna bring you to some awesome places but i had a, a question that's really directed very uh personally 
you know, when we talk about this relationship between Montreal and Toronto and the music ecosystems, what's the biggest shift that could happen that would benefit you the most in the work that you do? Biggest shift that could happen that would benefit me the most? Mm -hmm. Oof. If all my friends made money. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, the shift in the relationship between Montreal and Toronto. Now, that, that could be related to that. But yes, the shift yeah, in the relationship. Back all of our money. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, definitely, there's a big history there with all the wealth in Montreal leaving to go to Toronto. And that also, you know, taking the industry with it mm. uh the music industry and like all of the institutions around that but quebec messed that up for themselves yeah. um the biggest shift in montreal toronto that could make a big change for me personally uh let's see you know it's like it's pretty good everything's pretty good Thing and where I'm at in my industry right now, and like, or at least career life and the focus, the biggest and best thing that can happen, I think, is uh, reinvesting and rebuilding the production facilities in this country to like help fucking alleviate how restrictive uh, making music is mm. in this country. Now that's, perhaps that's just like based off of a conversation I had yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in the last many years, this issue has only, luckily it's getting better uh, with manufacturing sort of like coming back to the states and canada with respect to like vinyl pressing uh just as like an example but mm -hmm. like the backlogs on that side of the industry and like what how prohibitive it is well you for, have to plan so far in advance if you want a you vinyl plan, release so, yeah and it's just expensive and obviously people who aren't demanding much or are have long-standing ties mm -hmm. get like booted to the back right, right, and right. then there's the whole issue with you know, mass marketed vinyl for Walmart or whatever for record store day. That's like collapsing everybody else's release schedules. Like these issues, uh, I'm so happy that there's like uh, a reinvestment and interest in, in like just vinyl alone. Yeah. Uh, that's a really interesting point. I, I haven't heard that, that point. And I think that like that, you know, manufacturing and production capacity increasing um, could could have such big ripple effects. I think it could just because, like, well, I'm purely thinking about this through like the distribution lens that you know my business is mainly dealing with right now. But I'm working with just pretty much people who are trying to like make their dream product and oftentimes unless they have a full label working with them or a pressing and distribution deal in somewhere in europe no one can like actually create the product that they want 
unless it's like mm. a cassette tape. And yeah. even that, there's one place in Canada and one place in the States that are like competitive. But then, you know, they're going to fuck it up. They're going to cost too much. They're going to take too much time. So like, it's just a problem mm-hmm. pretty much everywhere. And I think, yeah, I'm just thinking of like the music scene pretty much particularly uh montreal toronto but this definitely goes for anyone and anywhere across canada but like if people can't access or like make and produce the products that they want other than you know stream my thing for a fraction of a cent on this platform they're never going to be able to make the money <laughs> yeah <laughs> at it, least it limits what you can do in the marketplace like absolutely yeah. can i flip the question and sure. what ways do you think your skills and and the kind of place that you have in the music industry could contribute to that relationship rather than you know i'm asking you like well, how could it benefit you but how could you benefit that relationship Ooh. um well I guess, I mean, is this related to like what I just spoke about or is this? Yeah, it, I, whatever, wherever yeah. you want to take it. I mean, I think it's like, when we, it is a really interesting perspective that you brought around the strengthening of the relationship between Montreal and Toronto. And I know you alluded to it earlier that in in your mind, and I think it's a very fair statement because I think it it's actually like kind of the part of the thesis behind this whole conversation series that we're having is that the relationship between Montreal and Toronto strengthening is a model and does can have ripple effects in stronger connections between other Canadian cities. And so I think mm-hmm. like you having that kind of like national perspective constantly when you're talking about Montreal and Toronto is is fair and, and you bringing that production um, lens to it is, is a unique perspective. So, you know, f- saying, okay, well, yeah, it would benefit you more if there was stronger production, but how, what, what role do you think you could play or, or what's the area where you could most um, add to the strengthening of this relationship between Montreal and Toronto? Uh, well, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I am just trying to like contribute in that sense by just like offering my help to people by saying you make what you need to make and I'll ship it mm-hmm. and like helping them with the logistics of that end, helping them, you know, connect to the people they need to connect with. Yeah. I guess the way that I've rolled back what I do has basically been uh, most evident in that, like I'm doing so much less proactively, like reaching out to people and more I'm uh, taking what people have and then like fulfilling that. Mm-hmm. Um, so a way that I can and could give back is getting just like involved again in connecting people and like proactively creating and like maintaining these connections between different communities because oftentimes these these people and artists and creative communities are existing and working uh you know, independently when yeah. they don't understand that there's people doing the same thing or wanting to do what they want to do 500, you know, kilometers away. 
so I feel like that's like uh, something that I do think is like important and I think just maybe encouraging more people yeah. to do that and be you know there's so much ego in this industry uh but getting rid of that a little bit definitely helps um in just like not being so competitive and hopefully breaking down that barrier yeah. perhaps that's a little bit um sidetracked uh, oh, no, I, I think it aligns i mean it, it makes a lot, yeah. a lot of sense to me that there are there are there's a lot of value that people can add to what you're doing that you don't have to do everything on your own. It's like you want to yeah. go somewhere fast, go alone. You want to go somewhere far, go together, you know? And I think that yeah. that's that idea of like, let you, let's go far and, and let's go together. Well, it, it just, it just builds, you know, longer and, and, and stronger lasting relationships that benefit not just the two people like directly involved it benefits whoever they're working with whoever that you know they're in touch mm -hmm. with whoever they might work with the next time benefits the ecosystem and like yeah. yeah and perhaps that person decides they want to move back to calgary or like victoria and like then they can help make that something out there um so i don't know i guess definitely uh well i mean yeah, I, I like that you've driven, I, like I, I like that you've driven the conversation to to that um national natural national perspective but um i have a the last question for you is about the conversation itself so you have been by listening to your story engaged in the relationship between the two cities it's not a unique Whoa. part of um, you know, like the discussion to say, you know, what about the connections between Montreal and Toronto? Because for you, yeah. like, that's been a big part of your work and how things have happened. But how has this time that we've spent talking about the relationship between Montreal and Toronto and the intentionality behind really growing that music ecosystem, does it re-energize some things? Does it shift perspective at all? Um, does it open up ideas like how, how has this conversation impacted your view of the relationship between the cities uh oh you know it's nice to to visit some of the old good times uh but no it doesn't ha it hasn't really like invigorated much just because i don't uh at least for now i'm embracing the the break that mm -hmm. will kind of just have to keep a pause on this but i'm i guess i've never really lost touch of like the invigoration other than you know suffering from burnout for several years um but like i'm still constantly reminded of how strong the like bond is and so i mean even just being approached and asked about this conversation is like this is great this is just like continuing the conversation of a reality that both I'm glad I'm a part of, but like, mm -hmm. you know, played a bit of a role in and I can just like continue to see existing and, and hopefully continuing to grow. Um, but like, yeah, just 
even through the pandemic, it's uh, where people aren't partying in bars or booking shows cross province or coming to play a set before, you know, they go digging just because they're visiting town for the weekend. Uh, I'm still seeing like a lot of uh, the relationships that I, Mm -hmm. that I've seen come out of like my experience, like those still all exist. People are like, uh, people are, well, people are back to playing and partying for sure. Uh, especially now that it's summer, but, um, I forget, like I saw there's an event happening today somewhere in Montreal. Uh, and like, there's a ton of people from Toronto who are playing and I'm just like, this is great. And, you know, they're still coming to town. <laughs> playing the shows i don't have to be a part of it um but yeah just like continuing to to support it and and participate and i'm gonna be going back i look forward to like going back it's just like the natural back to what i was saying before like i don't think one could exist without the other just because the weight of how much the industry needs to carry is like too much of a burden for one city and fucking Ottawa isn't going to be the city that's going to like keep people entertained. You might be able to like survive on an ecosystem between Ontario or like Ontario towns, but uh, I think there's just like, yeah, these are the two cities that people are pretty much interested in. Yeah. At least in like living and, uh, god that's so pretentious uh but just like in terms of uh the, the big city vibe yeah um, I, I think that there there's you know i know you're you're, you're uh self like critiquing about the comment being pretentious but i don't i think that there is something to um the the cultural impact of montreal and toronto on the region the cultural impact that those cities have actually had globally um mm-hmm. you know and and that and people historically and yeah just people are, are gravitate gravitate to that they want to be a, um, a part of that they're or they're mm-hmm. inspired by that or or that is a part of the fabric of who they are so um yeah you know i, I think that's it's, it's not to, to to put down in any any city but it's it is the these two cities are really important to this country um yeah and they've become really they've historically been and, and are today very important to what's going on culturally globally so yeah and um i mean never dove into this in this conversation but just with respect to like each city's i mentioned just like you know each city is rather transient and both they obviously have their their native populations of people who grew up and were born in each city but like they each host so many people from around Canada, but also obviously each has such deep, like historical ties with different cultures and and immigrant groups that like the impacts of those on the cities and like cross city and back and forth is just like uh, way too big of a conversation, obviously, but um, just 
like, yeah, obviously that's a huge part of uh, why these cities are so important in the first place. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, a hundred percent. Why these yeah. cities, you know, and um, from from the foundations that indigenous communities laid in these places, and to all of the people who've come from all around the globe who've who've added on um, to to what these cities are about i think that's what you just described as part of what creates both like uh the connection and the distinction between montreal and yeah Toronto. yep well I, um, I really want to thank you for yeah. taking the time for this conversation um it's been amazing that you know e even if it's not something that's like because you've done the, been doing this work between the two cities so much not that it would like reinvigorate or or be novel to you but that um there would be something valuable and revisiting it and, and kind of sharing from um all these different steps in this relationship that have led to the work you're doing and i really appreciate the, the insight yeah the stories and, and vantage point you bring and i guess on that that point and and thinking about that uh invigoration point is uh i guess i'm you know, the burnt side of me feels like, oh, I'm not going to get involved in like booking parties, calling up venues, yada, yada. But uh, I think it, the thing I do look forward to and have like enjoyed over the last few years is just helping and like participating in like conversations like this that I don't think are creating any like change in what they're doing, but they're hopefully like teaching. Uh, people who are like looking to do something or you know hopefully shedding a light on stuff so people don't have to either experience or do some of the wrong things or yeah basically just like providing the, the help giving yeah. the conversations and all of that yeah, and like yeah. that's that is how i guess i felt myself continuing to like do this work Thank you again for making yourself available, for sharing these stories and, and walking us through so many parts of your journey. It's been amazing. Of course, I'm glad to have uh, been able to have the talk. Awesome. Thanks so much, Chris. Thank you for listening to this conversation and connecting with what we do through Convene. Gratitude to the team behind this series on the music ecosystem between Montreal and Toronto, Nabil Shash, Alicia Roberts, Martine Anon, and Sebastian Miller. For more resources on this conversation, go to watervision.com, watrvision.com. This project is funded by Factor, the Government of Canada, and Canada's private radio broadcasters.